0: Good morning. Good morning. How's everyone doing? You ready? I see a thumbs up. Praise God, brother. It's a good day today to be here in the house of the Lord. How many agree with that? Amen. Thank you for those hands up. Psalm 33 says, "Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell" in unity. In another version it says when they uh, when we're all together. You know, you might come from a different culture, a uh, different country, but when we are here in the house of the Lord, one thing matters and it's to be with in unity in one body. Cuz with Christ, that's all it is. His kingdom is about joy. His kingdom is about unity. His kingdom is about love. So we are here today, this morning, because we want to exalt our King. Amen? Do you agree with me? We're going to lift our hands up and say thank you, Father, for this morning. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing among us, Father. Thank you for each one of us that are here this morning, Father. We just prepare our hearts, Lord. Prepare our hearts to give you here to receive this morning we are here to give and as we give we receive from you father thank you thank you for what you are doing in the midst of your people i praise you lord i praise you lord thank you father thank you for this moment father we cast out anything father that that has come, Father, if it has has come to our minds, Father, we cast that out, and we just declare your shalom over us, your shalom over us, your peace, that surpasses all understanding, and this morning, we want to praise you, amen, let's do this, thank you, Lord, hallelujah, thank you, Father, that we can be together here, Father, lifting and praising your
1: Just a moment, got a few things to share with you as we get started. Hey, little Jordan, look at him, all kinds of excited over there. <laughs> He's still clapping. Um, just got a few announcements to share with you. Very exciting things are coming up here at Calvary, and I'm so glad that you are here to join us this morning. Uh, we are going to do VBS as we do every year. We would, uh, If you have not had an opportunity to be a part of VBS here at Calvary, I encourage you, come try it out. Come see what God does and the lives of these little guys, and uh, it's just it's it's not it, it's not just uh, uh, an opportunity for us to to serve the church. God blesses your time there as you watch Him move in the lives of these little hearts. And so I would encourage you come and join the team of VBS as we pour into the lives of these uh, of these little ones. If you are interested in do that, you can share that. Um, just uh, catch one of the pastors, uh, Pastor Mark, Pastor Terry. Uh, or myself, and we'll try to share with you what your next steps will look like in helping us out with v b s uh, we are moving uh, and have moved moved prayer night from Tuesday to Monday nights. One thing you would want to know about Calvary is this church prays for one another we, we This is a church that prays We not only pray for one another but pray for what God has put on our hearts in regards to this community and even this nation. I would encourage you to come and join us on Monday nights uh, here in this room at six thirty. And uh, we pray for the individual prayer cards that are in the front seats or right in front of you. There's a little card. If you'd like for us to pray for you, we would love to come alongside of you and pray for you, pray with you. So uh, fill one out, fill one of those out. If you just want the pastors to pray for you, just take that same one, uh, fill it out, and just fold it in half. And only the pastors will be praying for you, lifting you up there. We won't put it out on the uh, prayer chains or anything like that. And so I would encourage you, let us come alongside of you. God calls on us to, to pray for one another, and it's incredible how his will is unleashed when we join him uh, in agreement with his will and activate what he wants to set up uh, to accomplish through prayer. Uh, very exciting thing that's happening on April 5th. So on April 5th at 6.45 p.m., uh, we are doing a Seder meal. We're going to share The the significance of the elements that were taken at Passover. And so it's a very fascinating uh, 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 view into history as to why the people of God did this. Pastor Mark will be sharing with us uh, what each element meant, what it represented, and we kind of get a a little feel for what a Cedar meal is going to look like. At the very end, we're going to have some matzo ball soup. If you've never had matzo ball soup, I'd encourage you to come try it out. It's going to be very good. I just got, I got to hear what the recipe is, and it sounds delicious. So come and join us for matzo ball soup on April 5th, beginning at 645. You are welcome to bring your children as well. We're all going to be in the children's room right behind that wall behind you. And last year when we did this, we just had an incredible time. If you've never done it before... When we get to the horseradish portion, make sure you find a little face and uh, observe their reaction when uh, they take a cracker full of the horseradish. The tears are beautiful. Um, on Wednesday nights, we are shifting our uh, start time from 7 o'clock to 6.45, and that's all ministries, uh, uh, the, the classes, uh, the youth, Awana. Uh, What happens in here on Wednesday nights, the official start time, we're shifting it back just a little bit to 645. So please make a mental note of that uh, beginning as of right now. And um, if you haven't joined us on Wednesday nights, I would encourage you to come check it out. We have uh, Spanish Spanish classes uh, behind you to your right. Uh, In here we have the adult class and uh, we have the youth uh, back behind you to your left. And then in the children's room, we have Awana. And Awana is a program that is focused on putting the word of God in the hearts of young hearts, fifth grade and under. It's all focused on having them memorize scripture so that God will bring these things to remembrance as they grow older. So my my encouragement is if you have children that are fifth grade and under, have them participate with Awana. They're going to have an incredible time there. Uh, at this time, I just want to remind you uh, to, I want to remind you to, with a, in a special way. What, we do have uh, several avenues of giving your tithes and offerings. And, uh, you can use the envelopes. You can go online. You can uh, text to give now. You can text uh, 84321, uh, a a dollar amount, and I'll walk you through the prompts there. When my mom was uh, raising four bad kids on her own, uh, she had one job. She was making seven fifteen an hour. And I remember she had, there was a, some message that she was encouraged on how it wasn't the amount that she was giving. It was the trust that she was putting in God. Because every time she gave, it it hurt. But there was a confidence in that I'm not putting my trust in these 715 dollars an hour. I'm putting my trust in the Lord. And what was incredible, this is something I, couldn't pre, I could not appreciate as a young person when she was kind of sharing with us, this is what we're going to do. I don't know why she was telling us. We were like, "Yeah, go mom, do it." You know, or if she didn't, we wouldn't have been like, "Oh, bad mom." You know, uh, why aren't you doing it? We wouldn't have had any reaction either way. But I can tell you by her faithfulness, I'm an adult now and reflecting back on my mom's face at a time that I was not able to appreciate it. Seeing mom my, seeing my mom being faithful with what with with what little she had. Uh it, it had nothing to do with the amount it had all to do with her putting her trust beyond herself beyond her ability to 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 take care of her children and so we, that's why i see there's a huge uh, blessing that comes by that's the the joy the joyful heart that is giving to the lord and so my encouragement would be to uh, take it take advantage of the opportunity that god gives us to, to to lean on him in that way uh we're at this time i'm gonna have have you guys uh let's say hello to someone if you hadn't uh, look, look around for someone you don't recognize. Say hello. Say I'm so glad you're here.
0: Thank you for this moment that we can come before your presence, Lord. Father, and and forgive us, Lord, when sometimes we come with the wrong idea, maybe, with the wrong intention. And we just concentrate more, maybe, in in the music and how it sounds, how I want to sound. Father, this is not about us. This is about you, Lord this is only about you, Lord, that we will surrender our hearts, our spirits, our minds, and that we will align to your truth, Lord, the truth of your word, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
2: your
1: still in a posture of worship would you join me in prayer you may be seated for just a moment we are a church that prays i'm going to lead us in a few prompts i want us to pray in the quietness of our own heart but before we even come before the lord let's evaluate the condition of our hear all the time the call to lift up clean hands and a pure heart let us ask the Lord that that indeed is what we have right now This morning. Father if we're eager to hear from you it is a joy to lay things down Father if it's an honor to come before you there is no hesitance in making it right The Lord, if we're holding on to anything, whether a difficult situation, a difficult person that is causing some sort of obstruction between us and you, I pray, Lord, we would lay it down. Father, if there is anything competing for our attention unto you, I pray, Lord, we recognize the value. There is no comparison. In this moment, would you lift up those that you know that God has strategically placed in your life who is hurting lift them up right now in the quietness of your heart asking that God would make his name known unto them that their only hope is found in Christ of our pastor as he brings the word to us that God would be speaking mightily and boldly through him and pray that your heart is prepared to receive do what is necessary to focus our attention Lord, we're asking that our heart would not only be wide open, but our ears would be willing to hear. Our hands would be willing to do as you call on us this morning. Ask the Lord to reveal to you his truth on an individual level. Ask that he would give you a heart that has been prepared to say yes. Has been prepared to say I will trust you. Has been prepared to say yes, that will be cut off. Lastly, we know that God is seeking to accomplish something great. And he's decided to use you. He could have built the ark all on his own, but he decided to use Noah. He could have delivered his people from Egypt all on his own, but he decided to use Moses. What has God called you to do? Make his name famous. Where he's placed you ask God to reveal that to you and that today may be a step forward in that direction. Father, we love you. Our hearts are surrendered to you. And Father, if they're not, I pray, Lord, you would break us. There is nothing worth holding back from you. I pray, God, that you would indeed have all of us, that we would have a heart, a pure heart of worship. Bring us back to a heart of worship. As we've declared these words to you, I pray, God, they would also be a reality for us. We love you, Lord, and pray that you would give us wisdom and understanding as we unpack your word this morning. We love you. We praise you.
3: Good morning. That's kind of weak. Beautiful day outside. So uh, let me try this again. Good morning. Awesome. Really good. It is great to be in the house of the Lord and it's great to see each and every one of you for this is the day that the Lord has made and he's made it for us. Amen. The kids are dismissed, but I saw Joe taking them out early. He said they were going to have so much fun. I think the kids are already gone. So uh it was tempting to go, really, Joe? Maybe we should go with you. You're going to have fun. But again, it's glad to see you guys here. Uh, those of you that have been away from us, uh, welcome back. Uh, those of you recovering from being ill, praise God that you're with us uh, this morning. Before I get started, would you pray with me and pray for me? Gracious Heavenly Father, we come this morning and we just join you, Father. We dwell in your presence. We ask that the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing unto your sight as you speak to us individually and collectively as the body of Christ. In your son's name we pray. Amen. One of the Bible's greatest truths is that God not only wants us to believe him, but he also wants us to have a personal relationship with him. And this is true. It is so true for us. Because God has done everything possible to make this a reality. Suppose you were asked if you believe someone famous existed. Uh, Maybe it's a celebrity of some sort, a a sports figure or something, and you go, sure, that person existed. There's uh, facts that show that. There's pictures. There's videos. There's people that saw that person and uh, lived with that person and knew that person. So yes, I, I believe that Those people existed. But if you were asked if you actually knew that person, you would probably have to say, no, I really don't know that person. But even if you'd met them for a brief moment, said hi to them, shook their hands, and they walked on by, could you really say that you knew that person? The same is true with God. We can believe he exists, and we should, because many of the things that I just mentioned have been true. There were people that saw Jesus, they were with Jesus, they ate with Jesus, they walked with Jesus, they heard Jesus. We also can can know him personally. And when we do, we will know that he is with us always, and we can talk and listen to him in prayer and through his word. So how can you really get to know God personally? You see, there's one thing that keeps us from knowing him deeply, and that's sin. But Jesus came to erase our sins by his death on the cross. And as we open our hearts to him, he comes alive within us. And then we take that step from knowing Jesus to experiencing Jesus, experiencing his love. So it is possible to have a close personal relationship God, with God, but more importantly, God wants that to happen. You see, Abraham was a, great, a man of great faith, and James writes that he was God's friend. And then in John 15:14, Jesus says to his followers, you are my friends. So my question is, how did you get to know your spouse, or how did you get to know your best friend? Did you hear of them before you actually met them? Or possibly you were introduced to them by someone else for the first time. But whatever the situation is, at first you only knew that they existed. You didn't really know them. In fact, maybe when you first met them, you really didn't even like them. Maybe it was because you didn't really know them. As you spend time with your friend or possibly your future spouse and you're around them more, your relationship or your curiosity about them begins to grow. Especially with your spouse, as time goes on, you spend more time together and your relationship begins to grow. And during that time, you purposely pursue one another. You laughed and you shared things that no one else knew about you. Eventually, you committed your lives to each other. And then in marriage, your relationship grows even deeper. I didn't say it grew perfect, but I said it grew deeper. Now, not only do you believe that he or she exists, but you have a close personal relationship. That's how it is with God. Yes, you believe he exists, and that's a good start. But it's only the first step. You see, he invites you to discover who he is. And how much he really loves you. So my question is, are you pursuing God? We hear in scripture that he is pursuing us, but are you pursuing God? He pursues us during our prayer time and through the pages of his word. He invites us to commit our life to Jesus Christ by asking him to come into our life. He wants not just to know you, but he wants you to experience his love. He wants to experience that love that he has for you and to, to know that you are a child of God and to whom you belong. And that's not the end. Every day you can turn to God in prayer and you can hear him speaking to you through his word. As your relationship with him grows deeper, you experience the peace that passes all understanding. You leave all doubt and fear behind as he walks with you And his promises come true. Everyone that hears my voice will say that they know God. In fact, we'll agree that Satan knows God. And I guess in a roundabout way, you can say Satan has a relationship with God. It's not a good one. It's one of fear and trembling. So then the question is, why can we not deepen our relationship with God? The reason we have knowledge of God, just knowledge of God, or a shallow relationship with God, is because we want to be free to do whatever we want to do, whenever we want to do it. So often in life we make decisions without worrying about God, without worrying about what he says is right and what is wrong with what we're about to do. Yet many have convinced themselves That this is the best way to live. I mean, after all, God wants me to be happy. And they often look at those that are believers and think they are enslaved by their faith. Well, there's a bit of truth to that, but you know what? Those that are not believers, in reality for them, they are the ones that are enslaved. They are enslaved to their own lust, their own pride, their sins. You see, there is no lasting joy and peace in a life that you desire to control yourself. So often we have to be honest with our emptiness in our own lives. We have a constant struggle to control and change the things that do not fit into our agenda. It's in our DNA to be a child of God. God loves you. He loves you so much that he sacrificed his son on the cross for the forgiveness of your sins. So, just for a moment, just if you can, just think back to, let's just make it a little one, a little bitty sin in your life. Something that you wish you hadn't said, something you wish you hadn't done. I want you to think about that for a second, and then ponder this question Do you have a relationship with the devil? Now think about that sin. You see, Jesus came to free you and to offer you a deep loving relationship with Him and with no other. You will never be the same once you experience the truth of God's never ending, all encompassing love for you. John eight thirty six reads, If the sun, Son, S O N, if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. Eternal life is expressed through loving relationships. The first and greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. How do we build a deeper relationship with God? Communicate with him daily through prayer. Stay in his word. Listen to what he is revealing to you. And serve others. In other words, you need to get over yourself. You need to realize you belong to him. You need to repent of your sins. Deepen your relationship with God by having an abiding trust in God Almighty. Make the Bible God's love letter to you personally. Make your prayer life a time of hearing about what he is doing in your life and, more importantly, what he's doing in those around you in their lives. Make these prayer times as a means to an eternal end. Being close to God is why Jesus spent so much time withdrawing from crowds and often from his disciples. He wanted to be alone with God. Think about this. Jesus, the son of God, became human for about 33 years on this earth. When he did that, he gave up in all those earthly years the nearness of an everlasting and intimate connection that he enjoyed with his father. No wonder he slipped away occasionally from the big crowds. Someone told me recently, they said, you know, you want to put Jesus in proper perspective With what he did, he's the soldier that jumped on the grenade that saved your life. When you truly and totally give your life to Christ and experience a new birth, God's spirit dwells within you. And you should have a strong passion for life. God longs for a deeper closeness with you. And even more, he longs for that than you long for a deeper relationship with him. He loves you that much. Billy Graham started each day by reading five psalms and one chapter in Proverbs. He started there because he said the psalms helped him relate personally with God, while Proverbs provided principles on how to relate to people. When Mr. Graham could no longer read because of degenerative eyesight, he asked those around him if they would read each day and pray with him. Others said that while he could still read, he would carry the Bible, often opening it at random and reading a couple of verses. And he said he loved to take a sip of God's word throughout the day. It's a spiritual nourishment for him. What a wonderful way to stay connected with God. God makes changes in our lives and he empowers us not only to live a life fully, but also to live one that is pleasing to him. One of the truths that we must understand is who God is and how much he desires that relationship with us. Remember, all things revolve around God, the creator. In the beginning, before there was time as we knew it, God was, God did, and God created. He does not own us an explanation as to why. You see, that's why we have faith. Scripture makes it clear that There will always, always be gods in people's lives. There will be gods that we will follow from time to time, whether it's money, whether it's your job, whether it's something else out there that is of value to you on this earth. Yet God makes no apology that he is the God above all gods. There is none higher, and there is nothing that has been created that he hasn't created. Our faith is based upon the word of God and the anointing power of the Holy Spirit, and it's confirmed in our souls. I do not need to understand all about the God I serve because I take strength and comfort in knowing that God knows more than I can ever ever fathom. How simple life would be if we just let our struggles go and let God, who knows the answers, take care of them. Again, with our lips we say he's in control, but by our actions we do not always demonstrate that. Our God is in your life, and we should have a proper perspective that God loves you and wants the best for you. Then he becomes your God, and that there are no other gods. Once you have a true relationship with God you serve, you will experience what he desires for you. You will live and just not exist in this world grab your Bibles turn to the 121st Psalm I lift up my eyes to the mountains from where shall my help come my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth he will not allow your foot to slip he who keeps you will not slumber behold he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep The Lord is my keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun will not smite by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all evil. He will keep your soul. The Lord will guard your coming out, your going out, and your coming from this time forever. God is in control of all things. There's a difference between knowing and experiencing God. So real quick, while you got your Bibles open, turn to Colossians 2, beginning at verse 6. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk with him. Having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him with, uh, and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and in overflowing with gratitude, see to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy of empty deception according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world rather than according to Christ. For in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form, and in him you have been made complete, and he is the head over all rule and authority. The difference of knowing and experiencing God is what is in your head and what is in your heart. There's a difference sometimes. You know, some people said that's the longest 12 inches in, mankind, in man's history, is between his head and his heart. Being able to get what is in your head down to your heart is the difference of whether you live out what you believe, whether you walk the walk, whether you talk the talk, whether you truly repent, and whether you trust God, whether you live in humility and obedience to God. There's a lot of things that we know we should do and we shouldn't do, but we struggle with what's in our head of doing the right thing. Paul wrote that one those verses where he said, I do what I know I'm not supposed to do, and I don't understand why I do that. It's one of the most confusing Bible verses I think you could ever read. But you know what? That's the way we live our lives sometimes. What has to happen is we have to be honest with ourselves and with God, and we need to actively participate in praying and reading and studying God's Word. It takes this head knowledge to your hearts where we experience God in a deeper relationship. You see, then we begin to think like Jesus, we love like Jesus, we pray like Jesus, we worship like Jesus, we act like Jesus, and we respond like Jesus. Therefore, we solidly believe that God is sovereign, loving, gracious, merciful, and forgiving. One of the first truths to thinking like Jesus is to know and live with Jesus as your Savior. And that you are a child of God. Again, there's a significant difference in knowing about Jesus and having a relationship with Jesus. All your thoughts, actions, virtues should come from that renewed heart and mind as you are empowered by the presence of God. God must take his rightful place in your life. He must take His rightful place in your life. Our faith is based upon the Word of God and the anointing power of the Holy Spirit, confirming it to our souls. I do not need, as I said before, to understand everything that my God does, but I have my faith in Him. It's never wise to do God's work man's way it may seem to make sense but so very often it's not the purpose of God you know it may not have seemed like a good idea for the people of Israel to walk around Jericho several times blow trumpets but the fact of the matter is the walls fell may have been not seemed like the smartest thing to do to pick the youngest son of Jesse's to be a king But he turned out to be a man of God's heart. And where's the logic in the choice of the 12 disciples? How that made any sense? Yet Jesus took that ragtag group and dramatically changed the entire world. You will never outgrow, outpromote, or outachieve your need for God in your life. He is all-powerful and watches over us always. He truly desires to have a deep, loving relationship with us. So we should repent and pursue him, pray to him, worship him, and study his word, and you will find out how much he loves you and how much he desires to spend eternity with you. You know, you're still not going to be perfect. We we all make mistakes. I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but let me see what I can do with this. So there's a guy that hasn't seen uh, of this particular lady in a long time. They went to high school together, hadn't seen her for a while. And she's walking down the street, and he recognizes her, and she appears to be with child. And so he walks up to her, and he says, how far along are you? And she says, I'm not pregnant. That's not one of those Southwest Airline deals, want to get away. There is no way that you can get out of that. There's nothing that you can say. There's no hole that you can crawl into. It's a horrible, horrible mistake. But you know, you can appear to be spiritually pregnant, but there's really nothing going on inside of you. A believer is not known by how well they act the part. They're not known by how well they shout, how much they know about the Bible, or how often they carry their Bible with them. Believers are not known by how much or how loud they say hallelujah or excuse me, amen, or praise the Lord. They're known by your faith in Jesus and because we love others. John 13, 35 says, by, by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. I'm going to begin to close out with two, two chapters or two verses that I want you to think about this week. This is a homework assignment for you. I want you to think about and pray about the two uh, verses, the two prayers that Jesus prays. And I want you to think about how he prays what he prays, and the relationship he has with his Lord. So if you turn to your Bibles to Matthew 26, and I'll begin in the 36th verse. Then Jesus went up with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Jebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell on his face to the ground, and he prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Could you men not keep watch with me for an hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it's not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. He left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour is near." The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Jesus was in great agony. He anguished over his physical pain, his separation from his Father, and the death for sins of the whole world. But yet Jesus' strength came from his relationship with God the Father. God was his strength and his source in a time of need. Jesus was not being rebellious, but he was revealing the terrible suffering and pain for the debts of the world and the separation that he had from his father. Luke's gospel says Jesus' sweat resembled drops of blood. His agony is really beyond our comprehension. Certainly, the disciples had to sense the intenseness in his voice. And the urgency in his demeanor. You know, this was a great moment in time in human history. But yet three times, not once, but three times, they slept through it. The obedience and the comfort that Jesus had came from talking with his father, and the relationship that he had with his father. So now I want you to turn to the 17th chapter of John. And Jesus is once again praying. He begins praying for his disciples. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given to me. For they are yours and all you have is mine. And glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. If you'll skip down to the 20th verse. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you and I are one just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. What do those prayers say to you? What are they telling you about Jesus' prayer, about his relationship with his Father, about obedience, about emotion? About love, about mercy, grace, about the relationship that Jesus had with others, with those that he called friends. Lorena, there are many teachings that become religions, and they are man-made. They are man-made approaches to our earthly problems. They are based on man's idea. They are based on man's experiences. They're not based on God's truth so often. In fact, rarely are they based on God's truth. So as we go through this next week, may you allow God to renew or change your thinking about the truths of God. God is calling each of us to a deeper relationship, a deeper prayer life with him. He wants each of us to be the person that he can take to those sacred moments that Jesus had with his fathers as he was surrounded by angels, I am sure giving him strength. Jesus wants to take you to those moments. He wants that relationship with each of us, to have that garden moment with him. If you remain alert during your prayer time, Jesus will share his heart with you. Make your prayer life an avenue to a deeper relationship with God. Seek to experience him fully. Seek those opportunities to be his vessel, to get out of his way, to get over yourself, to remove yourself from his agenda. And don't do as I have done before where God comes up with a great idea. I think this is wonderful. And so we start walking that path. And guess who has a better idea than God as we go halfway down the path? And God lets us go. He doesn't walk away from us, but he lets our free will reign. It is so much easier to stay in his will with everything we say and everything that we do. And you understand that better in your prayer life. So find that quiet spot, that quiet time where it's just you and him. Pour out your heart as Jesus poured out his heart. And then be obedient to his calling. Father, forgive us when we have fallen asleep or ignored your need to, for us to follow you. May we seek to bring every physical desire under the control of the Holy Spirit so that nothing will get in your way, Father. May we accomplish each and everything that Jesus asked us to do. In your son's name we pray. Amen.
0: Man, why don't we stand up and close this service today and uh, thanking God for what he shared with us. And put that into practice. Amen. Let's do this. Hallelujah.